You're listening to audio from Restoration Church. If you enjoyed the message and would like to get connected with our church, follow us on social media at Restoration Cambridge and our website, restoration-church.ca. Send us a message. We would love to hear from you. Well, good morning. It is a beautiful day, is it not? It's crisp. I don't have to sleep with the AC on all night, so that is a win. I'm not paying $3 to sleep, so that's a good thing. Um, So today we're going to be doing something a little bit different. It's sort of like a vision Sunday for the upcoming year. And uh, what I'm going to be doing right now is a little longer than a Devo, a little shorter than a sermon, uh, topic on unity. And then Aaron is going to come up and he's going to actually talk about disunity and what causes it. So we're going to sort of be doing a two-parter here, so just bear with us because it's not a super normal Sunday, but we're going to make it work. And unity, it's interesting because it's more of a taboo thing to do almost, I would say every year that we go on, unity becomes more and more or less used because we tend to fall more into line of tribalism, right? If you don't agree with what I say, you're out. You're not going to be a part of my group. You're not going to be a part of who I am. And that's not unity. Unity is seeing the differences we have politically, economically, socially, everything that we have, and still remaining in one singular thought and deed. And, you know, I believe the climate we're in now is sort of a a natural response of sort of the year we've had, right? COVID has divided us immensely. Politics and social media, the algorithms behind it have divided us immensely, especially with the new... uh, election coming up, I already see like every side putting up propaganda on the other. I'm just like, oh, geez, I have to go through this every single year. But this has sort of been a response from uh, the pragmatism, which was sort of a a thought or deed to instill doubt um, doubt into absolute truth. And that happened around the 18 and 1900s. And this is sort of where we are now. We're in this post Christian era where absolute thought, absolute truth is vanished. It's no longer a thing. You can believe in one certain thing. Isaac could believe in one certain thing, and I could totally disagree with it, and that's the thought we have. And it's because we don't see Scripture as an absolute truth. And it's not just the rest of the world, because that's easy to say, like other cultures, other peoples, they don't believe in the Bible. That's understandable, but Christians themselves don't believe in absolute truth of Scripture. And there's an amazing research report that was done only two years ago, in 2019, around evangelical Christians that shows that nearly 54% of us do not believe in absolute truth when it comes to Scripture. So that believes that 54% of us in this room, 54% of evangelical Christians, do not believe the Bible is absolutely true. They believe there's errors, they believe there's misconceptions, and that we shouldn't follow it fully. So there's disunity in our own body. Which is why unity, I think, is such an important topic to talk about today. As we go into a new year, as we're looking forward, we want that to be a base of, wha- of how we do ministry here. We want to be united as one body, not using politics, not using our backgrounds, not using our context to bring into the situation, but we want to be united under one God, one Christ. Amen? Amen. So today we're going to be looking at a simple passage that always encourages me to make peace, put away differences, and just have fellowship with the person next to me. Um, So if you have your Bibles or your phones, we're going to be reading through 1 Corinthians 12, verses 12 to uh, 14, and then we're going to be moving on to 
24. So 1 Corinthians 12, 12, it says this. For just as the body is one and has many parts, and all the parts of that body, though many, are one body, so also is Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit and one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and we were all given one spirit to drink. Indeed, the body is one part, but many. And then on to verse 24, uh, part B, so sort of that new paragraph, it says, instead, God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the less honorable, so that there would be no division in the body, but that the members would have the same concern for one another. So if one member suffers, all the members suffer. And if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with him. And in this passage, uh, Paul is providing a reason for diversity among spiritual gifts. That's the context that he's laying out here. You know, there are some who are gifted with teaching, some leadership, um, some just get acts of mercy. And he's encouraging all of them to remain united regardless of this. But he's also pleading with the church to be united under one God and one spirit. Or as he put it, drink or the water of the spirit of the Lord. And that's really important. Because not only does it provide for us the uh, reason of why we should be united, but it also provides for us the reason of how with the later verses. And what Paul is actually looking to here right now with the Corinthians is for them to be less tribal and factional with their leaders. Some are following individual leaders, taking their knowledge and saying this is the absolute truth and bring it into their body. And that was confusing a lot of them. Corinth was a, a confusing city to say the least. So people coming into a church, it's much like, much like today. We all bring our own beliefs in. We all bring our own uh, contexts in. And what Paul is arguing, what he is saying to them, is to be united under one singular truth, under one singular God. And he was also, um, in this passage, also responding to a letter in the judgment, uh, for judgment of the Corinth for various topics, which is why at the beginning of chapter 12, he says, now concerning the spiritual gifts. So now in response to spiritual gifts, he's giving them a reason to listen to him. He's giving a response to them because he is addressing an issue that they had with the church. So with verse 12, it says, just as the body is one, as many parts, and all the parts of that body, though many are of one body, so also is Christ. Christ is a personal savior to us all. We each have an individual story that I would argue is different for everyone in this room. Even if you were saved at four You've had a different experience with Christ growing up. But where I think we tend to get wrong is that we look at different contexts, we look at different settings, and we say, are we of the same spirit? You know, do we actually have the same relationship with God? And that's already a strand of disunity. I can look at someone's context and be like, they're happily married, full family, at least they say they're happily married, full family, in peace, and then I go back home from a long shift, there's chaos in the house. I'm not really into my job. My marriage is good, but not fantastic. Do we have the same God? Or for people who maybe have had more success in life, who have all the things, who have the nice house, who have the big, green, lush yard, and I'm in a single bachelor apartment with my wife, do we have the same God? And I think there's a 
we don't like to make a note of it out loud, but we do have that subtle nod to us. Be like, am I following God correctly? Am I following God incorrectly? Are other people closer to God than I am? And that sows disunity. But praise God that we do not share a spirit based on our context. Praise God that we do not have a relationship with him based on what we have here on earth because all of this will fall away. All of this are just temporary blessings that he has given to us. We share a spirit that has been given by one God and that is what we share. And we are closer than marriage itself because we have a bond of one body that will last into eternity. And Paul says it here, whether Jews or Greeks, he's sort of dipping into the ethnicity there, he's dipping into two groups that have been in clash with one another. And then he dips into slaves or free, dips into social class, dips into people who are literally indebted until they're done working to pay off what they owe versus those who are able to freely choose and to go out into the world. They are of the same spirit, one who is enslaved and one who is free. So that is the why. Why are we united? Because we have been given a singular spirit by a singular God. And that's the absolute truth that we need to stand by going into this year. But how do we do this? You know, how is it that I'm able to be united to the person next to me when we could have very different contexts, we could have very different mindsets? You know, maybe they're voting conservative or liberal, maybe I'm voting Green Party. Here's a guy's Christian in this area, by the way, so a little nod to him. Um, but how do we do that? Especially with the vaccinations, especially with COVID, especially with how sort of the government is running our country right now, there's very very divisive topics among Christians. So how do we remain united? It's by suffering together. Look to verse 24. So, instead, God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the less honorable, so that there would be no division in the body, but that the members would have the same concern for one another. So if one member suffers... We all suffer. And if one member is honorable, all the members rejoice with it. I believe that in a season of continual uncertainty, in a season of continual divisiveness, we need to hear this. Because there are people in this room who are going day on and day after, suffering through the same issues, suffering through the same things that their thoughts are just going through. And it's not like we don't notice. We sit and we remain, and we allow people to be in a bad place. I think that's been true over this whole year. That's true for myself. I've seen friends of mine come to me asking for help, and I give them the cliche, like, oh, God's got a plan for you. You're going to do well. Instead of taking the time to deconstruct what they're actually going through, even helping them financially or emotionally. We've had help this year in many different times that if we didn't, we probably wouldn't be in Kitchener, <laughs> to be honestly fair with you guys. I believe we need to be reliant on one another. We need to be um, truthful with one another. You know, church is nice. This room is absolutely beautiful. Like, hats off to Danny for putting, like, some of this together. It's, it's amazing, amazing decor. But what's past this building? 
Because church doesn't start when we start at 10. It starts once we're done. For the rest of the week, you have to take on what you've learned. You have to take on what you know into your community. And for maybe some, it's, it's a worry issue. Maybe knocking on a neighbor's door is scary, and I understand that. But that knock is going to save someone's life. That knock is going to share the gospel. And isn't that worth it? Isn't it worth it to put yourself in a little bit of an uncomfortable state so that someone literally has eternal life and is close to God and knows God? And you know what? Maybe for some, myself included, maybe your faith has been a little more dead than it has been for a while. Maybe you're coming to church today and you're like, look, I don't really know how I feel about Christianity. I don't really know how I feel about church. I don't really know how I feel about Jesus as a whole. Maybe that's you today. And if you are here, you're in this room or you're watching online, welcome to church because that is our body. We are not people who are fixed. We are fully fixed on Jesus, which sounds cheesy. I understand saying that back. But we are not people who are unbroken. We are very broken individuals sitting in a room worshiping one God, being united under that fact. If you're not convinced by what I just said, read that passage, verse 26. If one member suffers, all the members suffer with him. If one member is honored, all the members rejoice with him. I'm sure most of you have heard of the events in Afghanistan. It's all over. Um, It's just what's happening, I think, has been horrendous on every account of what the pullout has done, of what families are going through, of what daughters and Um, wives are going through right now. And I sort of had a thought about it two weeks ago when it started coming out because friends of mine who are missionaries in Turkey, they came back for the summer and now they're going back. Uh, But this time they're essentially sneaking into Afghanistan. And it it really woke me up to the idea that we don't do anything in the West. That there are a few of us who really put themselves in a life dangerous situation like that. And I know that's not for everyone. I know there's other ways to support like donating or making it more of aware of an issue so there can be more political change around it. I understand that. But how are we so privileged out here that we see an event of daughters being raped and married away and we just turn an eye to that? We make a post about it. People understand I care. That's good. (laughs) I think seeing how they have actually put their lives in danger these friends of mine it needs to wake some of us up myself included I'm absolutely guilty of this of just looking at the context that I have and complaining about that when I'm not thinking about other people in this world and when we're here today we have a lot to be grateful for again we have this room we have families we have people who support us here we also have Jesus right We have the gospel. We have this message that has been given to us to take out into the world and we're going to remain in our context. We're going to remain here and just be still. That doesn't sit fully right with me. There has to be an action to the words that we have heard, to the truth that we have heard. And I think going out from this service, that's the one thing I want to have really known about unity is that we should be united around our action towards the world. Because some myself included, are more lay with their actions and some put it all out there. 
And the reality is, is that we are bound to an eternal, everlasting spirit, and nothing can harm us. We should have no fear. Life, death, even our families, we should have no fear around that. So as I wrap up and as Aaron comes out, I just want you to ask that question to yourself. What action are you lacking to actually help with others? Is a post really enough to make such an impact on an issue that's so great? Because I believe our body is more equipped and able to help our community than we have been doing. So Aaron's going to come up here. He's going to share um, sort of what can divide us. I know I'm being very grim, and I understand that. But <laughs> I know it's like a beautiful, nice, sunny day, and Will comes up and just says, be better. That's nice. But really take that with you. Because there has been a man that was sacrificed for you. Fully innocent. Fully free. So that you may be fully innocent and fully free. So what are you going to do about that? That's my call to you now. Let's pray and then Aaron will come up. Jesus, I just ask that these words would not just sit on the tip of our tongue or these words would not just sit on the surface of our being but they would actually embed into us God that you would you would just convict us to take action in our life for some who are um, new to Christianity God for some who are coming back to you Lord I just pray that you would give them a revived spirit of change that you would give them a revived spirit of your gospel and that everything we do in this week would be a reflection and a God, we just want to be here for you. We just want you to be present in our lives because there's nothing else that's greater than So we just thank you for this day. We thank you for this amazing weather. We just ask that you be um, with us as we go out into the world. Amen.